2: Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. Good day.
3: Hi. You want to talk about channeling? Yeah. Which is different than channel surfing?
2: (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Although, (laughs) not all. Not a lot different, really, sometimes. you Think about it.
3: Yeah, and channeling and channel consciousness, where somebody is is hearing the voices of non-corporeal being. Corporeal? So non-living beings, and they're speaking that spiritual truth or or knowing from their perspective here into human life is something that is not necessarily part of the new thought teaching, but it also isn't, it doesn't conflict with it at all. Mm -hmm. So do you have your favorite channels? What's your favorite channel?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Me, number one. And Esther is interesting.
3: Yeah, Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham.
2: Yes, and Cryon is interesting. There are a couple of others. I don't have favorites as such. They're sometimes they're like ranked by popularity. I don't. Some channelers channel different stuff, so I don't have favorites necessarily because I know what it is. So as we go on, I'll, I'll. talk more about what I was going to say probably fits in down the road somewhere in this conversation.
3: Okay. Well, we'll get down the road and uh, ease on into that. And the reason that the channeled consciousness fits into new thought is because the the very basis of new thought is the notion that there is one. Mm There is one power, one presence, and and one intelligence. And that means that that one can show up in all sorts of different ways. It's showing up individualized as me and as Carol, and as everybody who's listening right now, and it is also available, that infinite intelligence, that divine guidance is available anywhere, and so a channel is simply a point where that intelligence, that wisdom, and that knowing breaks through from the infinite allness into the specific awareness and, and presence and personality of the channel, and they all do it differently.
2: Which makes it such a beautiful thing. You know, that's why I like it so much because of the beauty of what it is. Uh, When you when you said my favorites, I kind of (laughs) smiled and said, I am my favorite because of what it is. There's one Mm mind. This is the best news that I had ever heard, you know, and I believed it all along in my whole life. But it wasn't articulated or interpreted the way that new thought does. And once Mm -hmm. you hear that and you kind of get over the hurdle of understanding what it means, it is absolutely the most amazing thing. It's freeing, it's life changing, it's everything to me when you talk about oneness. And in Ecclesiastes, it says that there's nothing new under the sun. So, you know, that sounds like a nice poetic thing. (laughs) <laughs> yep. You know, No disrespect to the Bible or anybody out there that is really, you know, but we tend to look at the Bible in terms of the poetry and the flow of the language. But if you stop for a moment and say, what does this mean, there's nothing new under the sun, then that then explains eternity because there's nothing new. It's all here mm-hmm. and if it's, if it's here and I'm experiencing it and it's not new, then that tells me then that there's a cycle that things go around, which by the way, fits my philosophy that after 50, everything is a repeat. So don't don't get all freaked out about something. You know, if something's going on, just look at what happened before and you'll figure it out. But yeah, all jokes aside, it's the most beautiful thing because if it has happened before, if there is one mind, then that means everything is available to me and I don't have to stress over it. So, the only thing I have to do is figure out what I do to receive it. And I I think maybe that's the difference, you know? Some people will go to a channel, that's their way of receiving what's already out there in the one mind. I, if you need to do that, that's fine, but I do think there's a place for it, and it's really kind of beautiful to me.
3: Yep, and there's nothing new under the sun. Doesn't mean that new things aren't coming into experience because they are all the time. I mean to the best of our knowing 14.2 billion years ago when the hot gases started combining together, there were no cell networks
0: Mm -hmm.
3: So you could look at that and say well, there is something new under the Sun, but the potential For a cellular network was there from the very beginning the potential for everything that has ever happened has been there all of the energy all of the intelligence all of the potential all of the possibility all of the love is there and it's simply being recombined upon itself and folded together to change experience to unfold as experience so
2: and that's that's why i'm because to say nothing new simplifies it a lot you know it's like oh yeah you know it's always been in the mind of god if you want to put it that way it's always been Mm -hmm. there we have the privilege of pulling in what we need and Our gifts attract things and make, create things or whatever out of what already is. But it's there. Yeah, kind of. Here's how it works for me. You know, I'm a writer and I do some other stuff related to that. And there are times when I can't get the thought. I know it's something else. I used to sweat and then I said, you know what? There's no writer's block. It's out there. (laughs) It's out there. You know, go get a glass of water, take a walk, clear the channel. Clear the channel, you know, and clear, the clear channel. what you want, be clear about what you want, and let it come to you. And it's like, it works.
3: hmm Yep. But it's no magic. Yeah, I think I've, it's, I've...
2: it's just like, going with what is, right? Well, yeah, it's, uh,
3: when I was a professional ad copywriter... We described creative writing as staring at a blank sheet of paper (laughs) until droplets of blood form on your forehead.
2: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, because this headline needs to be spectacular and it needs to sell product and it needs to grab people's attention and it needs to win an Addy Award and you need to have it done by five o'clock or 4.15 because we need to give it to the art department. And so there's huge amounts of pressure there, especially when in our ego selves, we think that we are going to be coming up with the headline mm-hmm. and the more aware of my spiritual nature I became, the easier it was to say, well, God knows what this headline is going to be and then just let go of my attachment and just for for my process, it's the words kind of shuffle around in my head and kind of you know move back and forth and suddenly I say, oh, maybe that's something and then something else and the pieces then click together and I kind of observe... The, the creative process happening. Now I do need to take notes. I do need to write it down because it's possible that God will whisper something brilliant in my ear and then I'll forget it, <sighs> which is really embarrassing. It uh, happens to be occasionally.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just call them senior moments, right? Just go on with it.
3: <laughs> oh, and then there's the arrogant moments. Oh no, this is so good, I'll never forget this. I mean, the the, the the gems of wisdom that have been lost to the ages because I thought that I wouldn't forget them just astounding
2: yeah so it's out there for us because of the one mind and whatever you want to call the one mind like sometimes you call you talk about the soil of the universe
1: Mm -hmm.
3: so well yeah the soil is the law the soil never changes the soil it just responds to to whatever we put into mm -hmm. it so and that infinite intelligence that divine intelligence is basically active upon the soil. So, what we're doing is when, when we want to get access to information or knowledge or insight that we don't have, is we set the intention for whatever that knowledge or intention or insight is to be. And then the soil makes it apparent to us.
2: And that's where faith, one way of looking at faith or one component of faith, you want to call it like that, is knowing that it will be. You know, mm-hmm. and. That's kind of hard because I look at hurdles that you have to get over. I mean, we think about hurdles from traditional church to new thought, but it's really, you know, you can stay right where you are in traditional thought and dissected the concept of what it is. And you're going to see new thought. It's like new thought is not new.
3: No, it is not It's new. not
2: new, but not just the philosophy, you know, which... Really, you know, I track stuff back, right? So I'm going back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. I'm going back like more years than I'm going to admit right here, you know, digging it out. And I thought to myself one time, I had a really good chuckle. I said, you know, people say like this new age stuff is not whatever. And I'm thinking, this ain't new. It's new to you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is not new. People, People make the mistake that new thought is something that's new. And it is not. New thought is having a thought that's not like the same thought that used to happen. So it's not the newness in time. It's the newness in thinking. And we can continue going along having the same thinking that we've had up until now and continue to get the same results. And we've all heard the little sayings about that. Or we can choose something new. That has always been available. So there has been new thought since there has been thought. In fact, probably there's been new thought since slightly before there was old thought because that first thought was brand new and the second thought might have also been brand new or it might have been hey that first thought was really good <laughs> and yeah and and the thing <laughs> let's stick with that the thing is
2: to allow the new thought right be just allow it to come it's not going to hurt to think things a different way and how that plays out for me is thinking like if i think of it a different way god is so huge i might be getting access to another part of god you know, infinite intelligence, mm. that's good. Like what else is there to make this better? So I just get fascinated with the oneness and and the channeling piece that I'm not making light of it because it is a part of African-American religious experience that people don't talk about a whole lot, but most of us who have Southern roots, we know somebody or a couple Mm -hmm. somebody that were channeling and being mediums and all that and you know then you get a little bit older and come to a place where you have more degrees and suddenly you don't want to that stuff isn't real anymore well really come on you know
3: yeah it didn't go from being real to being not real just because somebody you know Somebody gave you a cap and a gown. Exactly.
2: You know, so, uh, you know.
3: Let's take a break and we will talk about the different styles of different
0: channels. Get inspiration in an instant. God Calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now, as you.
1: It's your God Call with Rev. Bill.
0: Start your two-week free trial today, and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Rev. Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun.
3: Let your light shine.
0: You can answer the call to listen to it live, or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally.
3: Whenever you write something, put on a gold star.
0: They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time.
3: Magic is loose in the world.
0: It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now.
2: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill
3: Marcioni. We're talking about the styles of channels, and there are different mediums. Is that really a word? Is it media? No, it would be mediums. Mm -hmm. There are different people who channel different uh, non-corporeal beings that have a different style. So Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham, has a very interesting voice and an accent, and it's different than her accent when she's just speaking as Esther. And she says that the severity or the intensity of the accent is inversely proportional to her resistance. (laughs) When she's resisting (laughs) saying what Abraham wants to say, the accent gets really strong. And when she's right in the flow and right in the groove of it, she sounds a lot more like Esther. And you can hear in the recordings over the years and decades that it started out as a really distinct accent and then it went away a little bit. Now it's coming back and forth in and out a little bit. Paul Selig, when he's channeling, he actually will very quickly say what consciousness is telling him and then he will repeat it back in his own words. And sometimes it's really fun to watch him because the consciousness that he's channeling will tell him something that he doesn't agree with and they'll have a little argument <laughs> before he's actually willing to say it in his voice. Now, he's already said it in their voice because that's how he hears it. And then he you know, has that, that going back and forth. And then, of course, there is... The third example that I love, the master medium, which was from the movie Ghost, played by Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> who thought that she was a phony until suddenly it turned out that she wasn't. And she sounds <laughs> she sounds like a medium who sounds like Whoopi Goldberg. So it can show up in all kinds of different ways. Who are the other ones who uh, you have experience with that, that have a distinct style?
2: The ones I know are not famous.
3: They're people that
2: I've known over time when I was a little girl and subsequent to that. So they have no name, they have no fame. There are people that channel that I know and mediums that, well, when when we say mediums, sometimes people talk to loved ones that have, they say, crossed over and not too interested in that. That's good, but I, it's because of, I guess, my own theology about once a person moves into the next place in life. You know, I, I, For instance, my father was my absolute best friend. We were joined at the hip and all of that business, and I never desired to talk to him. I thought about him a lot, and I do believe eh, he had such strong beliefs about where he was going and I have beliefs about what happens, why would I bother him? You know, like he's on, hmm. he's on to the next thing. He did his best with me. And so there may be a medium that will say, I can have your father talk to you. I said, listen, he may come back pissed. He's doing
3: something
2: else. <laughs> 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 he's got a, you know, he's got other agendas. He did his thing here. So it depends, I guess, on what you believe or, you know, whatever.
3: Yeah. There's also the, the notion that time is uh, basically a human construct and that all of this unfolding. And you know we were talking about that before, that there's nothing new under the sun. It all started out as this infinite potential. So everything that is has been available and possible since the beginning. And it's our physical incarnation that gives us a timeline because there's a birth moment and then there's some stuff that happens and then there's a demise moment. And we don't really know anything about the before and after, but it is possible that everything in our experience is like a movie. So the reel is already there. Mm-hmm. And by the time you thread up the film yeah. and the opening credit sequence starts running, it's going to run through to the end of the film. And it's just about, about you know, it's going at 24 frames a second so that we get to experience it. So it's like maybe what you're doing is you're going to, you know, somebody's going to channel that. And it's like, oh, he's off in the middle of 16 other films. Now he's going to have to come back to frame number 2743 here so he can talk to you. Yeah.
2: And it's kind of real like that to me, you know, because I just I mean, he gave me everything that he could possibly give me that I could receive. Right. And I'm even receiving some of it that I couldn't receive before. So mm-hmm. he's, he's not hanging around here. What is he watching me? He's already, done his thing, right? He's on to the next, as you say, real. Yeah,
3: but he might be watching you because in an infinite universe, watching you doesn't take away from anything else.
2: Eh, But why would you? You know, I mean, listen, just go on with your next thing. I would want him to go on with his next thing.
3: I'm going to let you reserve the right to make that decision when you get on to the next thing. Not like oh, I committed. I wasn't going to pay any attention, and it turns out that I can pay attention to everything. So now I have to put blinders on about you know, what's going on with my kids.
2: No, it's whatever you want, right?
3: You don't have to do that. Yeah, it's it's infinite. That's why you call it yes, infinite.
2: you know, but we have choices, right? I'm giving people choices even after they leave. Like my kids, they're great. You know, they don't want me interfering. And by then, I got to tell you this: I'm already into my next life i <laughs> I'll be honest. I am already into it. You know, I'm not trying to leave here now, but I got I, I got plans. So, I mean, yeah, you know,
3: it would. It does not surprise me that you're getting ahead of yourself.
2: Look, at least now I'm open to that. My plans could be trumped. Okay, but <laughs> but I got them. Right? That's consistent with everything I do anyway. Yeah, I got plans, but at least now, since new thought. And you took my control freak card.
3: I didn't take it, you turned um, it in. Yeah, well okay. Yeah, I did. Don't don't put that on me, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just noticed you were doing well, it. Well,
2: I thought it was cool. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> but it, we're laughing, but I take that very seriously. So I thought, okay, well, then I will leave room for God. <laughs> God didn't tell me the whole thing. I'll leave room and if he's busy, she's busy, it's busy. I got a backup plan, right? Just scratch that. Don't.
3: And just to to double back on that, the first time that you told me in in one of the early podcast episodes that you were a card carrying control freak, I nodded and I agreed because I have spent a lot of time there myself. And I also thought, well, we're going to see how this ends, (laughs) (laughs) which I did not mention to you because first of all, you were proud of the control freak card. And second of all, you wouldn't believe me, but that was it's like, okay we'll see we'll see what the path on this one looks like because it's gonna you hang around with me long enough, it's gonna go away
2: right on both counts, right? I would not have believed that it was changed. <laughs> I was very proud of it because I was raised that way. I even believe I was born wired that way, but I was absolutely raised to be in charge and make sure everything is correct, so I felt very proud that, you know, I had done what my parents wanted me to do and I was being what I was raised to be. So to give that up was very, it felt very insecure. But then again, it there was the challenge of faith, you know, and you you created that or you introduced that possibility to me, That at least that's how I read it, that spirit, maybe I'm not really giving spirit free reign you know, or acknowledging the free reign and omnipotence of spirit if I got it all under control. I thought, well, now, wait a minute. That's not true. <laughs> so I'm going to back <laughs> off of this a little bit. So it's been a lot of, I, I would love to say growth, but I'm not sure about saying that word. I'll just say it's been a lot of ground covered. And that's really unfolding. Awesome. And, and that's cool. And I work. I know you don't like that,
3: but... I, I'm fine with work. I know what you mean when you say work.
2: It depends on what you want. You know, like you talked... You said something earlier that I want things to happen now. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite exactly sure whether that's true. I'll think about that a little bit more. I want them to happen, period. And in my mind, I have to do my part to do that. And I'm not... You know, I ain't chilling and hanging out because I really want this, you know, and if my paying attention to it will help, you got to pay attention, you know, pay attention to be intentional and all of that.
3: Yeah. I want want to double back to the, the control free thing and why it is that I knew or what it is that I knew about what was in the process of happening for you. And it's the difference. We've covered this before, but I think it's worth repeating again. It's the difference between excellence and perfection. So while I was carrying a control-free card, everything needed to be perfect. And I was proud of myself for being a perfectionist. I said, anything's worth doing is worth doing well. Anything that you're not going to do perfectly, you shouldn't do at all. Mm -hmm. And that was the part that was in error because there are some things that we can do just because they're fun to do, even if we're not particularly good at it. Watch somebody who's not very good at dancing but really loves it dance. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with perfection. It has to do with being in the groove and feeling that. And Excellence is the opposite. Excellence is I may not be a very good dancer, but I love the music and I love to dance, so I'm gonna do it and it's gonna be as excellent an experience as I can have. And if there are other people who are watching me who don't who think, look, Bill's over to my right, I think I should be facing left, fine. <laughs> Make that work. And perfection is about how close to a hundred percent we can get. And excellence is about how good we can get. And who cares where a hundred percent is? It's going to be from our own baseline of wherever we're starting to get it as high up on the excellent scale as we can. You know? And I've talked about ivory soap before. Mm-hmm. 99 and 44, 100% pure. And when I was a kid, all I could think of was, what's that of the 56th of hundredths <laughs> of a percent? Yeah, Because yeah. it's not soap. It's like, what's wrong with this product? And I completely missed the point. Yeah. And by the way, when I was writing ad copy, I would not have come up with that because it wouldn't have seemed to me to be good soap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. So then as a control freak, we look for perfection. and ask- Yeah,
3: everything is measured, again, by how far it is from zero defects. Mm-hmm. But when we're looking for zero defects, our attention is on defects. Even if there aren't any, we're still looking for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
3: Whereas with excellence, it's like, oh, okay, there's nine pins in the bowling lane, and I or ten of them, and I knock down nine of them. Isn't that great? Because for so long, I was throwing the ball into the gutter. I get any of them. <laughs> Look how much better I am.
2: <laughs> okay. So then, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm not sure that I've transferred quite yet from perfectionist to excellence. Because I'm going to do the job, whatever it is, to the best of my ability with the time that I have to do it
3: absolutely and that's excellence and the part that you're no longer freaking about it is the the transformation point for you
2: well now i didn't say i was no longer freaking about it right okay i turned my dissertation in that's the level of excellence within the time that i had to do it mm-hmm. but i kept working on it <laughs> <laughs> and i got to a place i said what are you doing it's done i mean that's it you don't get to give it to them any anymore. They don't want an upgrade. They don't want, <laughs> <laughs> they don't want this. It's done. And you have no idea. I sat there. It was almost like looking into the screen saying, but I can't do it anymore. I can't fix it anymore. No, <laughs> you can't.
3: You can. It won't matter. And it probably won't matter to the people who you turned it into. Yeah. There's some places where there's extra spacing and the formatting wasn't what it could have been and all the rest of that stuff. And it doesn't change the content. The content was what the content was and, and still is. And that's that's a frame in your movie that's done. You can continue rewriting it, but the frame that got handed in is already the, the you know, movie that's, that's run through the,
2: <laughs> the movie's already that's
3: run through the gate.
2: There's nobody looking at the movie again, right? <laughs> but I but that was me, right? I'm doing some other stuff totally different. And I'm thinking a couple of days I was going back putting it in. I said, Who's gonna look at this? Nobody's interested in this. <laughs> so, It's over. So, you know, I told myself I wouldn't be able to move on and expand my uh, whatever, my pot of goodies if I just let this go. Now we're going to the next thing. And it took a minute. Mm -hmm. It really did. But once I shut it down, I said, "Okay, that's fine. And I put it in its file in the computer marked not finished. unedited (laughs) and just move on.
3: Well, and if you're gonna use the material to do something else, then I'm sure you will continue editing and editing and editing and refining and fine tuning to your heart's content. And that's the important part is heart's content. Let's take a break. And when we get back here, we will do a prayer for excellence.
1: Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique
2: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we are going to...
3: Right? Do a prayer. Mm-hmm. This prayer is for excellence. This is a prayer for excellence in whatever activity that we're involved in. And the description that I'll give to begin with is an athlete, track and field athlete who's doing the high jump. And the idea is to jump over the bar. And if we're looking at it from the perfectionist's Perspective, we're going to say, This is where the bar is, and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to run up to the bar and I'm going to try and jump over it. And I'm either going to succeed or fail. And we're going to look at that from a different perspective. If we were to leave the bar lying on the ground, it's really easy to get over Mm it. You just kind of step over it. You put it up a couple of feet, then it's easy to kind of step over it still, up a little bit higher than, you know, pretty much anybody can jump over it. And what happens is as we raise the bar a little more and a little more and a little more, we get to extend ourselves. We get to go from being just somebody who could trip over this thing and make it past to a top level athlete who is at the peak of our game. And today I can get over the bar at this particular height. So the bar isn't telling us whether we're succeeding or failing. It's telling us how well we're doing right now. And the striving for excellence is to understand that the metric that we're using to tell us how our performance is, is simply feedback that we're getting on how well we're doing on our personal best. So there are those movies, you know, where the people have a jetpack and they're able to fly. One of those guys, doesn't matter how high you set the bar, (laughs) they'll just fly over it. But that's not the point. The point isn't how high we can go, it is how excellent we can be at the activity that we're involved in now, and that's the prayer. So we get to turn away from the stuff that's going on around us, from the judgment that we have about the activities that have been leading up until now, and in prayer we get to turn to that infinite creative power, that divine presence, that infinite love, that One that creates everything, that has created everything, that continues to create everything. There is only that one divine power and presence that shares itself through and as and in all of its creation. Everything is that divine presence, that infinite love, that limitless intelligence, that infinite substance revealed in its own particular way. Everything, everywhere, everyone, every moment, every activity is that one expressed fresh and new. And because that's true everywhere, I know it's true right here and right now for me and for each one listening to this prayer, each an individualization of that divine power and presence, each with a combination of skills and gifts and talents and abilities that makes us uniquely who we are. And the activities we are engaged in are the opportunity to express those gifts and skills and talents with excellence, to understand who we are, to understand where we are on our path, to understand What's available and accessible and possible for us now is to jump out into it and to bring excellence into the world through it. And that infinite creative power, that divine intelligence is not only empowering us to excel, to leap as high as we're going to leap, to perform at the level that we're going to perform, but also providing us with the guidance about that which is ours to attempt, that which is perfect and appropriate and reasonable for us to engage in. We let go of the idea that if we try and we don't measure up to some preconceived notion that we're somehow failing, we are simply succeeding at doing something else. The high jumper who knocks the bar off is succeeding at jumping almost as high as the bar. So we let loose our attachment that we knew ahead of time what it's supposed to look like afterwards and embrace the experience and invite excellence to unfold and reveal and share itself through our activities. That's the good that's unfolding now. I'm so grateful for this. I'm grateful for the wonderful way that excellence is showing up in each of our lives. I'm grateful for the inspiration, for the energy, for the motivation, and for the wonderful joy of successes as we have demonstrating our new levels of excellence in so many different areas. I'm grateful to know that there's nothing that stands in the way of this power. There is no darkness dark enough to defeat the light. The light is shining for and through and as each of us, individually and all of us together. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful to know that this good is underway. And so with gratitude for this good and more, I speak this word, I release it into that critic law, the one that always says yes. And I know without any question, hesitation or doubt, that that law is already saying yes. This good is already underway. And so I let it be. And so it is. Amen.